Troy, are you ready with the uh, recording? I saw a wow, wow, but I didn't see an acknowledgement from Troy there. Uh-oh. Okay, Troy, you're muted. See, this is why. This is why I always ask. So this is why you need to ask. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to Geek Scant, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and the host joining me this evening uh, is Dwarven DM, John Christian. Lolly Ho. And uh, the mayor of Fort Wayne, Troy Sandlin. What is up? Beautiful. And then uh, we are back with uh, a returning guest again, uh, Jeff Jones. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing quite well. How are you gentlemen doing? Doing moderately fantastic. Well, it's a, I like that, yeah. It's a lot of interviews you guys are doing. I don't know how you know how you do it. And you know what? We started doing something different this 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 year, uh, Jeff. Uh, so we do the evening ones um, throughout the month all together. And then uh, I've started picking up. If somebody can't do an evening, then I grab them in the morning or the afternoon. And we're doing interviews there. This is a good time. I guess we could announce it. Like. Um, doing interviews in the mornings and the afternoon. They're not live, but they're going straight onto YouTube and onto the podcast. So there's quite a few making their way over. It's crazy. Yeah. Lots of stuff to listen to and see. Heck yeah. So I'll just talk and and edit. Yeah. And edit Troy. So let's see. So we've actually chatted with you, I think a couple of times now, and then you've been gracious enough to have us, uh, to have me on your podcast, which is great. RPG ramblings. Um, everybody should go, go subscribe and listen. I think you got some really good guests over there, Jeff. Um, who was it that you had recently? Um, that was, I'm going to look it up, but somebody you had recently was just like, Oh my gosh, what a, what a snag. So, you're gonna have to help me out here because I may not be able to find it quickly. <laughs> I don't remember. There's there's been a, a, a number of odds and ends. It seems like there's there's quite a variety. Um, I'm, I'm not sure I, which one. I'm glad you I love that, that I put you on ready, this. Zach. I mean, I love I love that I'm like you know what I should should not do this in in the thick of things and then I did and then I'm like well, I'll just rely on Jeff to remember who he talked to and you know to um, be honest. What I'll do is I'll record the podcast and then um, I'll do just a quick edit. I just trim the ends off mm-hmm. and then I listen to it usually a couple of days after I drop it because I can't remember exactly what I talked about. Like, I really want to talk to these people, but while I'm doing the podcast, like, what did I talk about? I don't know what they say. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, <laughs> um, who was it? You had Mark Finn on. You had Mark Finn on. That's who it was. Um, that was oh, your yeah. that was your last chat. Um, oh yeah, yeah. So Mark Finn. So I, I I just about I just about contacted you, um, Zach, about about Mark's Kickstarter. But I thought you know you're busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. You're you're traveling between you know Kansas City and 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 Fort Wayne, Indiana, avoiding the you know the trials and tribulations that that along the way and i thought what are your thoughts about mark's kickstarter <laughs> well it's crazy because literally it got brought up yesterday in the live stream that we did yesterday uh we were talking about heists and um somebody i think it was tim tim Satley was in the chat saying like everybody needs to check out uh mark's mark's new project because mark makes heists like nobody makes heists um 
So this is round two for Mark getting plugs, I guess. Um, yeah. So his Kickstarter actually didn't start out very strong. In fact, I just about like, you know, I want to plead with him to abort and start over again. But I thought, well, I'll just wait. And uh, But he's consistent, though. So he's actually maintained a pretty strong, like, you know, day to day. But mm-hmm. boy, that I, but <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Yeah, so he's that's Polite Society. Uh, I got mentioned last time. Polite Society of the Zine for Thieves, Rogues, and Scoundrels by Mark Finn. This is a quarterly zine that he does. He had a quite high goal for a, for a zine. I think that's pro- probably what you saw there. $7,500, and he's at the halfway point almost with $3,546 right now. Um, yeah, but... Yeah, so what he's doing is you're, you're, you're basically... You're, 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 he, the Kickstarter's for all four. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna. We should reach out to Mark. We should get him on the podcast. We 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 got there plenty of go. space. We got plenty of time. We got all the time in the world. Um, I love though that that we 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 call Jeff. We say, "Hey, Jeff, let's get on." And immediately, Jeff is like, "We we get on. We go live." And just like, "What do you think about this other person?" Let's talk about their podcast <laughs> thing for a while. Um. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's kind of in the spirit of things, right? Like, not really, but in the sense of, like, Gary's Appendix is that, right? It's a lot of voices uh, that you're kind of bringing together and editing and 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 then presenting to the masses. So um, kind of makes sense that you would be immediately uh, keying up to other, other creators in the space. Um, for people who don't know, um, you're one of the, you're one of the, um, the arbiters is that the right word for the RPG Zines Facebook group? Oh yeah, yeah. You, one of the lords. Um, lords. Well, you yeah. also uh, there's a secret lord as well. Uh, Levi is also oh. yes a black robe. So, oh wow! Oh wow! Like, one of the be careful masked lords. lords. Yeah, one of yeah. the masked lords. Yeah. There might be another one among the myths of ourselves too. I don't know. It's there's possible. Not. And there's absolutely not. No. No. Nope. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh yeah it's incredible so you're um but you're one of the ogs so that's 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 cool and exciting um all right well let's 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 dive in because i was really excited to talk to you about gary's appendix um first off thank you for inviting me back uh, onto it it's a blast writing for it oh no i'm i'm glad i'm glad i'm glad that you you uh not only did it, but you're excited about it. So, you know, because you kind of approached me, you're like, uh, I think you felt weird because I'm also hiring you to in world of game design to, to do some work as far as yeah. Kickstarter. I think you probably felt a little awkward. I'm like, well, yeah. And the idea that somebody's excited to write uh, about something I'm excited about. I mean, you know, why would I not? Well, and it's, it's great because you're letting me scratch the OSE itch. Um, and I haven't gotten to do that much other places yet. So and I like your pitch, right? Gary's appendix is, uh, at least in one part, it's asking the, your writers to go back into the original, uh, I shouldn't say the original, but the original Advanced Engine Master's Guide and kind of plumb those depths of, of Gygax's ideas and sometimes very weird ideas and pull interesting tidbits out of there and espouse upon them. Right. I I love that as an idea. It's really fun to to say like, what's weird that we've forgotten about or that we could like get into a little bit more and let's, let's pull, pull that apart. 
Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, you know, just any any casual flipping through of, of, of the first edition Dungeon Master's Guide, you realize just what an eccentric work that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I just read an article um, this week that was like 20, the 22 most bizarre things in the original Advanced Dungeon Master's Guide. And even though I have read it a couple of times now, or at least read through a large chunks of it a couple of times now, the last time for you and your, your project, there were things that they brought up in that article that I'm like, that's in the guide. Like that's incredible. Um, like there's a whole, there's a whole table for um, the chances that your character becomes sick on a given day. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a 1% chance. And then you roll and then there's like a 2% chance that what you become sick with is a parasite. So if you get sick, then there's like, you roll again. And on that table, there's a 2% chance that you get a parasite. And if you get a parasite, then you roll on like a D8 table and it tells you what type of parasite you got. Oh, yeah. It's and then also based on the environment you're in. Yeah. And so there's all, all sorts of modifiers. So if you're, you know, if you're traveling through the swamp, you know, good luck for yeah. every day you're there, you're making some rolls and you may get something, some real world illness that you really don't want. Yeah, it's it's. It's incredible. And I love the idea, like, like what you kind of test, at least me with, I don't know if you test all the writers with, was saying like, you know, these weird things that you're never going to use. Let's go find those things, draw them back in and figure out a way to use them or make them interesting. Um, and now I need somebody to really do, especially after the last chat with Levi, we need a parasite article um, and, and Gary's appendix three, Jeff. Um, yeah, you know, diseases and parasites, you know, it's really the field's wide open. You know, I, I, we don't want to think that Levi's cornered the market. You're right. No. There's, there's opportunities elsewhere. That's right. <laughs> oh, Levi has yet to cover the parasite market. So there's a, there's a, uh, room for uh, uh, for Jeff to to elbow his way in, uh, elbow there his way par- to the there table. There are parasites you know? plenty. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you guys were talking about bot flies. So I think, you know, this would be opportunity. Was it, was it you, John, who was talking about bot flies? Yeah, unfortunately, I've seen yeah. the I've seen the YouTube videos before of of those getting dug out of people's <laughs> skulls. It's just there's some weird shit in this world. That's all I'm telling you right now. Like you can make up some really weird things in D and D and all that good stuff, but there's more than enough weird going on here, and not cool, not cool nature. That right there, nature really being pissed about something and deciding, I'll show them. Maybe that's Levi's next uh, zine, Not Cool Nature. Not Cool Nature. <laughs> Patent pending, trademark. <laughs> is that like, is that like, it sits right next to Not Today Satan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not Today yeah. Satan, Not Cool Nature. <laughs> so, Jeff, um, we, we talked to you way back when about Gary's Appendix Issue 1, and uh, you did Fan of the Fly God, speaking of flies, um, in the interim. And now we're back for Gary's Appendix Issue 2. What sort of articles and writings can folks expect in in this issue? Yeah, so what I would do is recommend that um, watch the video because I actually put all the articles in there and also listed the ones. So like the first one, let's go through the list, uh, the language tree. You know, languages play such a large part, and I, I find it very frustrating that you, you can there's like say 20 languages mm-hmm. and you pick like three and they never come up <laughs> like it is like you, you could play a whole game and, and languages don't do it so 
Uh, so um, Onslaught 6, what he does is he kind of creates a, a, it's a more condensed way, a very logical way, but also there you can also create quick families. And mm. so the idea is that languages actually, you can like, if you do know like the Orcish language, it carries over to others as well. So it's, it's a, it, in all these, you know, even though the issues or the subjects may be kind of complex, all the writers tend to put things in a way that's more accessible, mm. you know? So it's, it's not a, it's, it's not making a complicated, complicated subject more complicated. It's actually making it easy to use at the table, but also mm. logical. And when you, when you kind of go through that, it, it works out pretty good. Yeah, I, I like that. It's simplifying language use or not even simplifying necessarily, but giving it more uh, utiliz- uh, utility. Because to your point, if no one in the group has giant as a known language, but they know Dwarven and they yeah. use the same alphabets, mm-hmm. they may use the same phonetics, you know, they, it's, uh, they're effectively like the same, like a language group, but distinct enough to where you, like in order to know a lot of the nuances of a language, you need to lo- know the language specifically, like a, right. like a romantic languages in the real world, right? But I can get enough, I know enough Spanish to kind of know a little, like whenever somebody's cussing at me in Italian, I, <laughs> yeah. I know that even though they're smiling at me, I know that they're pissed at me kind of thing, right? It, it sounds like you're speaking from experience there, John. No, never, <laughs> never. I was I was never in Europe ever while I was in the military, and they always loved us when we wore our uniform. <laughs> they were they were giving me the peace sign. <laughs> no, no, I was never spat on in France, like ever. That never happened. Never. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, because, I mean, if you think about it, too, it's like, you know, all, you know, we have these intelligent creatures, but yet the most important, probably the most interesting you can do with these creatures is actually interact with them mm-hmm. in, a, in a verbal way. I mean, combat really often is the least interesting thing that you can do with another, you know, creature. So, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of opens up more opportunities for, I think, interesting things to happen at the table. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. that. And I can I love this idea because I mean, uh, when, when the one D&D play test stuff was coming out, one of the things that's driving me nuts about all their new th- all their new things is everybody gets so many different languages. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like okay. So what you what that tells me is what you're saying is we want everybody to have enough languages to where we don't have to worry about languages in the adventure. Mm-hmm. Which is like the same thing as give everybody dark vision. Yeah, because because you do, you you, you want to make it a cool part of the of the of the of the setting. But you don't want to address it, and this is a cleaner way than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, At least this way, it's like, oh yeah, because I I do this sometimes when I you know, is a dwarf, but nobody speaks giant. Well, you know a little bit. You can Mm -hmm. you like you were saying earlier, you can you can pick stuff out and pantomime and charade the rest. Kind of, I, we're getting of we're getting sucked into this, which is probably a whole episode. Yeah, we're getting show. sucked but, into the language. But <laughs> but I do the same thing, right? Like if if a person can't read, if we don't have a, a player that can read like a, a an arcane script of some sort, right? Well, most scrolls and things like that in at least the Forgotten Realms are written in Draconian, or at least mm-hmm. that's one of the main ones. So if you know draconian you may not be able to read all magical script but you can probably like suss your way through some of it some of the words are the same so yeah i love this yeah and i think gary sort of it doesn't make any sense but he 
kind of got a, um, a way around this is by having alignment languages, which mm. I don't really understand that, but right. at least that was a mechanism. <laughs> you at least had what a one in, was it nine chance or whatever? Yeah. The, I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. What, so what other sorts of, what other sorts of articles can you experience? Well, in? the uh, gamifying devotion. So, you know, what is really a, a cleric, but just a, um, a, in in a lot of the D and D games, other than just a magic user that can just wear armor and, and hit things with a you know with with a with a with a mace, so you know the idea too is like why not just make uh, really in any sort of religion there are certain things that are required of of the people their adherents there are certain things that they do certain things they don't do and. Um, Andrew kind of came with this really great method of randomizing and also by, I'll, I'll say by alignment, it's not strictly by alignment, but of just different odds and ends that you can, can't do, should or shouldn't do. And it gives more flavor, I think more real life flavor to to people that are devoted to, to a deity. Mm-hmm. So it, it gamifies it. So what's, uh, can you give me, because that my ears perk up immediately. Because I'm, well, I'm, so with me working on Dragonlance right now, a lot of it is, it's centric to one thing that makes, sets it apart as a setting is how much the gods meddle and how directly involved in, like, in, in their adherence, the work that they do, that relationship is really important as opposed to them just being like a, this unspeakable, omniscient power that is alien to the, to the, to the adherence mind or to the cleric's mind. Like there's like this relationship that goes on with them, so that's a really important component is making sure that it's it's meaningful. So how do you do that? How do you gamify that exactly? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm not at my upstairs computer, but let me check. Uh, let me see if I can pull up a uh, PDF. Um, not to put you on the spot. Well, you definitely, you definitely just put him on. The <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't for, mean to. For the second time in one like, episode, the second time in yeah. one episode, this is supposed to be like a you know a quick interview, and you guys are like just grilling the hell out of this guy. No, yes, yeah. maybe. Look, yeah. man, I'm, tr- just like, I'm curious. No, I got to come up with something to it's stump really the chump. Okay, so you talked about like f- for instance. Um, Common rules for real world monastic orders. He kind of goes through like, you know, dress and foods and celibacy and poverty. But what he did is he um, added things like lawful vows, like a uh, vow of nonviolence, a vow of poverty, a vow of celibacy, mm-hmm. vow of silence, you know, a uh, vow of peace where you can't eat any meat, vow of sobriety, a uh, vow of worship where you must pray several times a day. He's got neutral vows of non aggression, of poverty, of silence. Uh, retro vow of retribution, like maybe a neutral vow would be must seek vengeance on those who wrong you or others. It's got chaotic vows, which could be a vow of prosperity. So treasure you earn must only be spent for the benefit of yourself to a vow of chance. All decisions are made by rolling dice. There can also be multiplications or you can have multiples of the same. And uh, they also gives monastic benefits. So, so not only do you, you know, have the, uh, a, these things that you're kind of not allowed to do or that you're required to do, but you also have maybe access to libraries. You may get a stipend. So the idea is too, it's not just a restrictive thing, but you are part of a larger order 
and all these various things that you're part of, there's also a benefit as well because mm. you're part of a community that's that's stronger. Right. That's cool. Like and that. then he also has a means of penance too. So if mm. you do wrong, you know what are you? What is the the means of of gaining favor back? And so it's it it it. There's a lot of different things in here, but it's basically I think logically arranged by chaos neutral and law so mm. you can play it to the good neutral or you could just play it straight as like the uh Krakian of law and chaos and mm. and it's i think just by randomizing these things you can come up with some very interesting things that will bleed over to potentially role-playing opportunities too so <clears throat> all 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 five of these articles are going to be whole episodes in and of themselves. Though I think this next one we have done an art uh, an episode on before, and so I'm fascinated by. I'm fascinated to get my hands on the on the zine and read it. You have a you have, the next article is called "Flip the Script," yes, right? and it's about making making gold um, lustrous again. <laughs> yeah, I mean the idea is that you know the. It, it came about kind of in a, in a different way. I was actually I was commissioning. Or I thought I was commissioning for one thing, but he thought I was commissioning for another. So, um, <laughs> have you have you have you watched the Expanse? Yes. Yes. So on a space station, they have script, mm-hmm. and and he he did to the to the fantasy, which actually works fine. Uh, but the idea is that you know what happens where instead of being paid out by money, uh, you. Why you get paid out by just pieces of paper with like IOUs. It's either from a company or from a town. And what kind of havoc does that play? Then also, what does that also mean to different types of groups? How do they view script? And then also, what are ways that you can use that as a means of of, um, having fun with characters? So Mm. I'm like that. I'm fascinated by that one. Um, uh, I don't like, I want that in my game. Like I, I love that idea of like, it's, it's definitely like a more noodly game to say like, Oh, we're going to use different types of currency in different locations, but it's gonna, you're right. Like as soon as you start introducing that concept, like, Oh, your, your money's only good in like this particular right. pocket. And that's, that's fascinating. The company yeah. town. Well, that's the, the other thing you could get your characters could get sucked up into a company town. You need to okay. So this is this is this is where Zach the matchmaker comes into play, and I I, I start thinking about um, another guy that's writing a book uh, uh, that we helped with called Deep and Dangerous, and it's all mm-hmm. about this this chasm that's full that all these mining companies are diving down into and hiring people and ventures to whatnot to go mine right. Like Script would be very very much like a perfect fit for his book and his thing. So Andrew. If you're listening, um, you need a you need a check. You need to buy Gary yes. Appendix issue two, and get expired by it. So, yeah, it's and and the the PDF is 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 very inexpensive. So three bucks, isn't it? No, but we listen. There's there's bonus content. Don't correct me, Jeff. There's bonus content <laughs> in the zine. So you need to make sure <laughs> Don't correct me. <laughs> you need to buy the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Buy the whole thing. Yeah, you know, having it in your hand, there is a certain amount of joy uh, to be had in that. But uh, but I also want to make sure that everybody has access to these articles. Yeah. 
The, uh, and the amount of joy is, is uncountable, innumerable. And, it is. Uh, it is like it's sublime. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go, um, uh, there's a couple things I wanted to say. First off, um, I wanted to do the callback, which I was really excited that Levi, we just got done chatting with Levi, and then we popped over to here. Um, uh, one of the fun things that I got to do for this is uh, actually – another person who you told to do something and then I ended up doing way more or not what I was supposed to do. Uh, you initially had me do uh Gary's appendix one, right? So then I got excited and, and, and wrote too much. And so you're like, well, maybe you, maybe we just need to save some of this for the second one. Um, and that was awesome. And then we got to the second one and you're like, well, actually it wasn't quite enough. So can you fill this, this, this section over here with a table? Yeah. Um, and that table is really fun. I'm like, you know what? All right. Jeff's the only other person who's going to care about this, but <laughs> I had a lot of spots on that table for like locations and, and weird statements, right? It's like, basically the table is like, this person wants you to find this and this location and this quality and this lavia, right? And it's all random. Um, so you roll like six times and it gives you a, 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 a weird quest that a sage would want you to go on, right? And so I'm like, I'm just going to pack in a bunch of Easter eggs to other cool creators, zines, and locations and things that you could find. So Levi's Howling Crater is in there. Um, and uh, 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 Skeeter's Valley is in there. And then, then even a product that's maybe not even out yet that, that some of us know about. Yeah, there's got a little reference in there. Um, but that was absolutely fun. And I just, I didn't say anything. I just sent it over to Jeff. And uh, Jeff responded back to me, you know, pretty quick. He's like, I love this. I love the Easter eggs. I'm like, okay, good. That wasn't wasted. <laughs> you, you know, really, there's this, so like, you know, many of these things, I've not directed people what to write in general. And and uh, and there's something to be said. It's kind of like with ordering arts, the same thing with, with the writing. Like, I'm really not sure what I'm getting. And uh, <laughs> there is a certain amount of joy to, to go through. Like, wow, this is really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Um, and then you got the bestiary at the end, right? So there's several articles. I think we talked about several of them. And then you got a bestiary kind of continuing on down the list, right? Um, and expanding out things. Yeah, the, the bestiary, the, the intent of that is to take ordinary creatures and, and sort of, not sort of, but hopefully make them more useful. So you roll those random encounters and you come across a thing and you're like, what do I do with a bandit or what do I do with a brigand or what do I do with a dryad or what do I do with a centaur? And so it's like, you know, I'm looking at the creature, looking at maybe mythology, maybe just logically thinking things out or just making up some nonsense. Think like what ways that are true to what those creatures are or those people are and extrapolate it out in a way that's logical in a way that you can then fold back into your game. That makes sense. I, I like that you started with a, and you're just kind of working your way through. So to this time around, we have Blink Dog through Centaur, right? Um, but but I will tell you, Camel broke me. <laughs> I skipped Camel. <laughs> Words that have never been spoken before in the English language. Camel, you know. camel broke me. <laughs> I may, may give it another attempt later, but I like I just can't handle the stress of a Camel. <laughs> Yeah, you 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 reach your limit. Um, I, it's bizarre what was chosen for some of these bestiaries initially, right? Like, 
you know, somebody, somebody put their foot down and said, no, gosh, dang it. We're going to have a camel. Like what, what, what fantasy has not, what, what dungeoneering fantasy has not included slaying a camel? Um, it's top of the list. So, You're, you know, now that you put it that way, it's kind of like, you know, the deities and demigods by uh, uh, Jim Ward. I mean, once you, once you put stats on it, then people are going to try killing it. Right? Absolutely. So once you stat out a camel, we've talked about that a lot around here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and also, why would you put it on a random encounter table? Of like, like, uh, I ran, mean, a random counter camel attack. Yeah. <laughs> camel stampede. Um, camel, camel stampede. You're right, Jeff. This is a, this is a fool's errand. Um, I'm going to back out. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the, the way I probably would go about doing it is say, if you did see a camel, <laughs> If if you see a camel in a well, dungeon, yeah. Well, yeah, what would you? What would be with it? So I, I probably would be. Uh, then you're going to caravan. You know, maybe that's I don't. Know. I think this needs to be an article in and of itself. Things to do if you see a camel in a dungeon. Does this go like back to the dungeon, but... background that I never got around to? It's yeah. like the same kind of thing. Maybe Wait. that should be a prestige class. Ooh, pickle farmer. Mm. Or no, even camel, camel fighter. Camel camel fighter. Fighter. Camel fighter. What if it's yes. a wear camel? Oh, that—that's your—that's your—that's your, that's your that's right there. And then that's you have it. two two choices. You have the what the dromedary and the brachian. Yeah, that's. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love you. I love that you knew like right off the top of your head, uh, dromedary and brachian. Um, no, but that that would be a great. That would have been a great entry. Like if you see in a camel in a dungeon, if you roll a camel on a random encounter table, it's obviously not a camel. It's a wear camel. Roll initiative, right? Like that's yeah. that's the assumption. <laughs> yeah. And they can transfer their their type of lycanthropy through their those massive loogies they they rock it mm. out. Actually, well, that's right. The spitting attack. It's like a spitting cobra, but not poisonous, <laughs> but or venomous, but uh, it's like it's the still spitting cobra, disgusting. only worthless. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> way more disgusting and a lot less cool. Maybe you have to roll a save. To make sure your mouth wasn't open when it hit your face. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what is it with you and Levi and the and the bile and the mouth and the yeah. No, no. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's see here. Let's see if we could wrap this up in a meaningful way. Uh this has been a blast. Uh, Gary's Appendix issue two is on Kickstarter right now. It'll be uh, live for another twelve days as of this recording on the eighth. You can pick up issue one as well as part of the project. You can also pick up Bane of the Fly God, which is one of my favorite books of all time to ever come through Kickstarter. I adore that book. Oh, can't wait to get it on, uh, get it on my shelf. Um, uh, uh, I'm, I'm super pumped. So all three of those books have, have some level of availability on the, on the project and you should get all three if you don't have any of them yet. Yes, because it is available on this Kickstarter. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Jeff, as we close out here, people should go get Gary Spendix 2 on Kickstarter, but where else can people find you? Well, I do have a podcast called RPG Ramblings, and it's, it, is, uh, it is probably more about, it's kind of interviews, but it's also about making the sausage. So it's, it's a lot of what's going on with Kickstarters in the background and the lamentations of those of us who are struggling and uh and i have different people on so it's a variety of different people um i also have um i can also be found on facebook um if you search rpg ramblings or 
Twitter, um, I am Jeffrey, I underscore am underscore Jeffrey, or I do have a website that I haven't really fully announced it, but it's rpgramblings.com. So perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Jeff, for coming on, uh, hanging out with us. And thanks, Troy. Thanks, John, for for hanging in there with us through this this madness. The um, madness. That's right. And Jeff, you're going to come back in a few months for your next project, right? Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yes, that would be great. I'm I'm excited. So we don't have to talk about it now, but we'll definitely talk about it later. So well, you okay. got to gotta, gotta whet, whet people's appetite. It's a, a, little, a little mystery. Is right? it? Is it fair to say, as a, like a little tease, that it's completely different, like this one to the next? Product? Oh yes, yeah. So really, what it will be is, um, it's, it will be, um, it's, it's going to be science fiction, and it's going to be, um, it's going to be more. So if you remember Scoundrels, mm-hmm. I'm expanding that out, making a setting, and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be. Uh, it's definitely expanding on crime. So it's going to be uh, a lot of cool stuff going on. Nice. Super excited. All right. Thanks a lot, Jeff. And uh, we'll see you soon. All right. Thank you. Watch out for those camels. Yeah. (laughs) Keep your mouth closed when you're around them. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll see you later. Hey everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and, head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, Give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.